Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Well, we have the opportunity to give today. And I'm not gonna preach a message. It's really just gonna be a word to help bring context to the opportunity that we have. And if you're visiting online for the first time, we've been in this season in a series called For God So Loved. That for God so loved people like you and me that he demonstrated that love through giving. And he gave the most unbelievable gift, the gift of salvation and eternal life through his one and only son. And so we as a church, listen, we've given our life to that mission of the Great Commission to share that message. And so once a year in December, we bring a very special offering, one that requires a sacrifice and one that builds a legacy for future generations to come. And this offering is not maintenance uh, or, or, or goes to daily church operations. That's what your faithful tithe is for. What this offering does is it enables us to take one giant step toward advancing the big opportunities that God has placed before us. First Chronicles 29 says this, because I have set my heart on the house of my God, and I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Then he says, who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? See, I believe today is going to be an Ebenezer. What are you talking about? Let me tell you. In 1 Samuel 7, the Philistines, the Israel's arch enemy, I mean, these guys were just hell-bent on fighting the Israelites. It's like, get a life, Philistines. But they're coming after Israel again. And Samuel, the prophet of God, says that if the people will consecrate themselves to the Lord. In other words, if they will just turn back to God, then God's gonna do something great among them. And so they did. They turned back to God, and God brought victory in their life. And the Bible says this, that they, they took, this is in 1 Samuel 7, that Samuel took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshana, and he named it Ebenezer. And he's not talking about the Scrooge, all right? I know Christmas season is coming up. But Ebenezer, which means the stone of help, for he said, up to this point, the Lord has, come on, helped us. Anybody know that God's helped you? Anybody know God's helped you along the way? Anybody know that you wouldn't be where you are today if God hadn't helped you? And there's been some moments, some Ebenezers in your life, and here's what I believe. Today is going to be an Ebenezer. You know, we could uh, recount throughout the journey of this church the moments where, where God's helped us, the moments where God has moved on our behalf. And today, I believe is gonna be another one of those moments that we're gonna look back and we're gonna set up a stone and we'll say that at the end of 2020, God helped us and we watched him move in powerful ways. Now, of course, our year in until Jesus runs this town offering looks, looks very different than it ever has before, but just because you're not in the room does not make it any less meaningful. In fact, I believe this could be the most meaningful and certainly the most critical offering to date. And so I just wanna just set up where we're going today. And I wanna talk first about our legacy lanes. And I'm gonna explain what those are in just a moment. And then I wanna kinda of bring context to your gift that you've been praying about and asking God what he would have you bring. All right, sound like a plan? If you're ready, just give me a thumbs up emoji. You know, put it in the chat, give me an okay sign, whatever you wanna do. And let me just say, God has been so good to us. 
Like he's been so good to this church in this year, in spite of the year that we've had. Because how many of you know, we've had a year. Like we've had a year. And I know people are like, let's go, you know, let's not go back to normal. You know, let's, let's do things differently. Can I just be honest for one moment? I'm all for a little bit of normal right now because this is just, this is terrible. Now, I'm just gonna say it. I appreciate the sentiment, how things needed to change and how we need a new normal. I get all that, but I'm just being real with you. I would love like for just one thing to be normal right now. But in spite of the way, 2020 has gone. I need to remind somebody today, God has still been good. I didn't say things have been easy. I said God has been good. He's been good to, to, to this church. Has God been good to anybody this year? Put that in the chat. Like in spite of all that's happened, God is, he's good. Colby, how can you say that? Well, I wanna show you. I wanna show you this because as a church, God has specifically and uniquely equipped us to be a part of building his kingdom. And he's designed us to, to run in specific lanes according to how he's equipped this church. And it's when we begin to operate outside of those lanes that we are called to that we start to drift and start to fall behind. And the same is true in your life, by the way. So these are the lanes. Uh, we'll call them the legacy lanes that we are running in. And these are important for you to know because you need to know the difference that you are making through this church. Check it out. Here's the first lane and probably the most important, and that is future expansion. And let me explain that. That's not expansion just for expansion's sake. Like you should know that the heartbeat of this house is to help people who are far from God reach their full potential in Christ. And this specific lane accelerates the vision to reach as many as we can by expanding what God is doing through this church, through future building opportunities, through you know, future campuses and church plants that we'll do, through, through land that we'll acquire, all in an effort to reach more and more people for Jesus. Now let me be clear. That's what we are about, reaching lost people. Why? Because this is what God's all about. And this is where everything starts for us as a church. Well, Colby, what about discipleship? Like, what about it? Can I tell you something? You will never reach the deep places where you are in over your head, fully relying on God's promises and faithfulness in your life if you never get in the life-giving water in the first place. Come on, somebody. Like we want you to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference with your life. That's the journey, but that starts with what? Knowing God. And the problem is far too many people, they believe they're okay with God. And they believe they're okay because they, they know some stuff or because they were brought up in the church, but, but God does not care what you know, he only cares about knowing you. How do you know that, Colby? Well, there's a verse that keeps me up at night. It's Matthew chapter seven, verse 21 through 23. This is what the Bible says. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says, only those who actually do the will of my, my father will enter into heaven. On judgment day, many will say to me, check this out, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out, out demons. I went to church consistently. I, I was in a small group. I went to, to house parties with the youth and we performed many miracles in your name, but this is what it'll say. Verse 23, I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. I never knew you. Hey, if you are hoping 
that your knowledge, that your religion, that your performance makes you right with God, I need to stop right here and right now and tell you the only thing that makes you right with God is placing your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So here's a question, when did you do that? Hey, person watching online that grew up in church, that has gone to church your entire life, when did you confess Jesus as Lord and place your hope for salvation in him? Because if you've never done that, then on that day, God's gonna say, away from me. I never knew you. Come on, I wanna pray right now. Like for those of you that have an understanding of religion, but you've never had a relationship where you've been made right with God through Jesus alone, Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. You don't get to heaven. You don't get to have a relationship with the Father except through him. And you can begin that relationship right now by praying something like this. Come on, let's do it right now. Like I I know this is crazy. I know we usually wait to the end, but let's right now. No one's around. And even if they are, you know, so what? This is between you and God. You say something like this, Jesus, save me. I want to know you. I want to be known by you. Pray this, I want to be free from the penalty of my sin, which is eternal separation from God. And the way I understand to do that is by confessing you as Lord and believing you are the way to God. Tell him this, be my Lord, be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, come on, did you pray that with me just now? If you did, just give a hands up in the chat. Click the button that says yes. Like, like write that in the chat. Yes, Jesus, come on. Because we wanna celebrate with you. In fact, you need to know something. If you made that decision, this church was started with you in mind. If you said yes to Jesus, you are a part of the 4,590 plus people that have made that commitment. And those are the ones we know about since this church Began and we celebrate that decision that you just made. And honestly, that's what lane one is all about. And that's a lane that we're gonna continue to run in and we're gonna continue to invest the, the lion's share of every resource that we have, our time, our money, our energy, we're gonna invest that into that lane. In fact, the impact that we've seen this year alone, even in the middle of a global pandemic, check this out, we've had 154 decisions for Jesus. And 104 of those have been online. Like 104 people raised their hand online. We've seen 20 baptisms, much like the one that you just saw with Tiffany. How amazing was that story? 481 first-time guests, and that's an important number, and I'm gonna tell you why in just a moment. We have, have 37 small groups meeting throughout the the, the county. Hey, there's your discipleship right there with 216 participants in those groups. Like we have have had 50 people that completed the crash course that we have to to help discover their, their purpose and 421 people on the roster that are serving on some sort of team, making a difference in the lives of others. Come on, that's amazing. That's so good. And guess what today's offering? is gonna help capitalize on the opportunities to expand the mission of reaching people through this church, through building opportunities, through land development. Our current building, I told you, is temporary. We have a few short years left on this space. In fact, this weekend, we've been in here for five years now. And we've been given this opportunity for 52 acres of land to build an incredible worship facility. You're gonna hear much more about that in this coming year. That's definitely one door that God has opened to us because our time in this space is limited. 
But we know and we are trusting in God for more space, not just for more space sake, but again, to increase those numbers right there in lane one. That's lane one. And that's what it's all about. That's why this church exists, to reach people in our city and in our region that God has placed us in, to have a place where your unchurched friends and family can come and encounter the hope that you have found in Christ, that they would know God and be known by God. That's lane one. Here's the second lane, lane two. We're for Erie. We are for this city. This lane is all about how we serve right here in our city, how we serve through this church, but also how we serve through strategic partnerships that we have. One of those longstanding partnerships is the Erie City Mission. I mentioned earlier that that first time guest number and why it is so significant is because what we've done for every first time guest, whether online or in person, we give $5 to the Erie City Mission. So just by showing up or by inviting your friends, you are actively increasing our generosity in our city. And so I Zoom roomed with my good friend, Daryl Smith, who is at the Erie City Mission. He's the COO, and I want you to listen in on this conversation. Here we go. Well, my man, Daryl Smith, is on with me now. Daryl is a legend, I would say, at the Erie City Mission. He is the <laughs> chief operating officer. Is that correct? That's correct, and director of men's ministries. Awesome, man. Awesome. And I just love you guys so much. Obviously, you're a great partner of Elevate Church. You know, uh, we love the ministry that's happening at the Erie City Mission. Um, and so just a, a couple questions for you would be, how has this year, 2020, right, the, the, the year that, you know, uh, it's just been a tough year all around, how has this year impacted what you guys have been doing at the mission? Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> i take you back to, you know, February, March of uh, 20, uh, and out of nowhere, everything changed for everybody. Uh, the attendance at church, all those things uh, changed for us here, uh, as well as every place else. And what we started doing was looking at ways to continue our ministry, uh, the touches to people, the transforming of lives, the, the change that we promote so well. But how could we do that uh, with limited touch, with social distance, with mitigation efforts? And so it was a challenge. We uh, changed our uh, devotional program that was 15 minutes before public lunch to uh, just having someone on hand uh, to speak to people in line and just trying to minister to their needs. Uh, instead of having sit down lunch, we had to move to a bag lunch where people were getting a bag lunch and then they were moving directly through. And it did impact our ability to have community with them and something we were so used to doing uh, at our public lunch. So that impacted us uh, significantly. We've even met concerning that to determine a path forward uh, once we're able to gather again or uh, having more minute, uh, more, more of a ministry team um, at the public lunch as we hand out the food. And so uh, it's definitely caused us to adjust some things. Uh, staffing, we've had to do our own form of mitigation. We have a new life program, of course, that does that works with men and drug and alcohol and those recovering from that, uh, that addiction. Uh, we've still provided the same level of service there. Uh, we have just, again, mitigated um, wearing masks when we're doing counseling, that type of thing. So it primarily changed what we were doing in terms of food service. 
Um, we still offer a men's shelter and that didn't change at all. We continue to offer the 56 beds for any man who is homeless 18 years or older uh, and continue to minister that pop to that population. Well, I told everybody you were the man, the legend, and you, your phone's blowing up. Everybody's trying to get a yeah. hold of Daryl <laughs> yeah. today. <laughs> well, you guys are doing amazing work there, and we love the New Life program you guys have as well. There's so many guys still, I think, come to the church and have really gotten invested in what we do here uh, and elevate. I know that, again, it's been a tough year. What would you say are the bright spots this year? I mean, if you could point to anything, you're like, man, I remember, you know, that this happened. Like, what's going to leave a mark for you in 2020? Yeah, I think the um, commitment of the staff here at the mission has been amazing. Uh, as we went from making lunches for people to come and sit down to making lunches, uh, to hand out. Our staff has been, you know, especially in the kitchen, they've been so committed. They've had to change everything. They've had to bag everything. They've had to try to keep it warm. They've had to try and continue to provide a wholesome meal, something hot. And our kitchen manager was committed to still serving hot meals every day. You know, it changed a lot in terms of what we had to do to package it and then get it out to people. But her commitment to doing that was amazing. The second thing that you know, surprised me and warmed my heart was the commitment of our volunteers to continuing to come to the mission. So often people want to see missions and emergency shelters as places where you probably wouldn't want to go during a pandemic. Um, but our, our volunteers stayed very, very committed to us. Uh, they continue to, continue to show up in the exact same numbers as before. And we couldn't have done the extra work without them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We love you guys. And uh, again, you guys have our heart, you know, for this city. And so we so appreciate all the work that you guys are doing. We're continually praying for you as well. And we've started this thing with uh, uh, a few years now that we've done it, that every first time guest, you know, that walks through our doors, we donate in their honor to the Erie City Mission. And it's just another way that I, I think together we can come and change and bring a lot of hope, you know, to our city as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's just one of the things that, um, again, our men are always uh, so excited about going to Elevate. And it's, and it's made such a difference. They, we were attending another church that our men were going to, and one of our uh, program participants began to uh, attend Elevate and just came back and started sharing with the men the transformational messages, the the warm welcome, the, you know, kind of uh, attention to uh, detail uh, that you guys were showing to them, especially, and it just started a you know a whirlwind of support and you know commitment to elevate church. And so, um, when people talk about church here, they're you're, they're generally from our new life program talking about elevate. They are. That's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate yeah. you guys. We appreciate all that you're doing in this city as well. And just know that we're in your corner, my friend. Yeah, well, listen, we so appreciate it. The prayers more than anything during this pandemic uh, mean the most to us because most of what we thought we had control of, we found out we're in very little control of anything. That's right. That's right. And the only thing we can you know, control is our commitment to him and our continued prayers to him that he would bring us through and continue to support us. And we've seen it in just really amazing ways. Awesome, man. I love it. We'll keep running hard. Appreciate Absolutely. You guys. All right. Appreciate you. Yep. God bless.
God bless you and your, and your ministry. Wow, what a great man of God Daryl is and what a great partnership that we have with the Erie City Mission. You know, another way that we run in this lane that we're for Erie is through our amazing teams here at Elevate Church. Check this out, that we have this year alone, primarily because of, of the pandemic, but we've had 30 different days that we've served our city with over 46 like different individual unique projects. And check this out, 481 of you have sacrificially given up your time to serve in one of those projects. Of course, early on during the pandemic, we shifted our efforts doing whatever we could to feed our community. And we hosted drive-through pancake breakfast week after week after week, handing out 1,509 meals, which is roughly 6,000 plus pancakes. And we collected and distributed to our city in this season food in the amount of 31,000 pounds. We've given out boxes and bags of groceries, 2,100 of those. Hot dog lunches have served 800. I mean, come on, it's amazing what you are doing. And during this pandemic, the city turned the Avalon Hotel into a makeshift shelter where we served 576 Meals. Listen, I couldn't be more proud of the way our church has been for this city, for Erie, in this season. You really are an incredible church. And just recently, we passed out over 500 Thanksgiving dinner bags through the Erie City Mission that you put together. That could easily serve over 2,000 individual meals. And of course, we know the way we serve our city and reach an entire city is not just about a single church but about the Capital C Church. And there are many churches in the heart of our city that are doing an incredible job. So in this season of lockdown, we would just show up at a great church in our city and bless them with a financial gift, helping to meet some needs in and through that church. In fact, in total, we've given $5,000 just to local churches, just to bless them. And right now, we are currently gearing up for a free drive-through Christmas toy shop that's happening on December 19th, and you can be a part of that. In fact, we already have over a thousand toys that, that we are ready to give away. Like, who does this stuff? We do. And that's what Lane 2 is all about. We're for our city, we're for serving and caring for the people right here in this community. And so that's the lane that we are running. And here's a third lane, and that is our nation. Listen, we are committed to run in this lane right here by helping to plant more life-giving churches across this country. And this lane also enables us to respond to disasters right here at home in the US. Of course, our church planning efforts take place through the ARC. It's the organization that came alongside me and Kristen to help plant Elevate Church. And to, to tell you more about the ARC and the churches that you've helped to plant this year is my man, Mark Cleary. Hey, so right now we are on with Mark Cleary, the legend, as you can tell right now, a Notre Dame fan for life. For Man, life. that's going to make uh, a bunch of people I know around here very happy. It might make some others want to punch you in the face, though. Um, just saying. I don't know why I said that. We're not a violent church. We are a life-giving <laughs> church, uh, but it's so good to see you, bro, and so good to have you join us just for a couple minutes as you're talking to really the whole church today about one of the lanes that we run in uh, is, has to do with our nation and specifically how we can help launch life-giving churches all over the country. And of course, you know, we were 
uh, launched through the ARC, the Association of Related Churches. We're church plant number 250. Uh, so our church family is very familiar with ARC. If they've been a part of this church for any amount of time, you know, we celebrate the launches uh, that happen, you know, every year. And I believe, what are we up to now? About, is it 900 and 900 plus? 911. 911 churches that have been planted through our, let me just ask you this, like, like why? Like, I know why, but maybe from your heart to this church, like, why, why plant churches? Well, you know, it's God's plan for lost humanity. Uh, I don't, I don't think he has a plan B. It's, it's God's plan A uh, to plant, to have life-giving churches that lead people to Christ, that heal the, the brokenhearted, that break addictions, that restore marriages, uh, bring back the family. Uh, as well, and all of that is done through his plan through the local church. Yeah, I love it, man. I don't think there's anything else like it that's bringing so much hope, you know, to a lot of uh, desperation for sure. And and that's been kind of the the mark of this year. Is that 2020 has been a tough year? I think that's putting it very nicely. There's a lot of other choice words that we could use, um, but what has been the impact that Ark has made in a year like this? I'm blown away to be honest with you. And um, it is a, it is an example of, you know, you brought up Notre Dame and I love Notre Dame. And there's a saying in football that says uh, the defense travels. If you have a good defense, you're always in a game, no matter where you're playing. I believe the same is true with generosity. Generosity travels and, you know, through your leadership, you and Kristen there at Elevate, uh, the amazing people of Elevate there, uh, your generosity has traveled even in the midst of the craziness of 2020. We've launched 35 life-giving churches this year. Now, 24, 25 of those were early on in the year. Um, uh, and, uh, God did some amazing things. In fact, you know, we had our, our highest, uh, per day average of launch attendance ever, uh, early in 2020. Um, but then the pandemic hit things shut down, the nation went crazy, you know, all the things that we've gone through. Yet this fall, we were still able to launch nine life-giving churches. And check this out. I told you in the, in the spring season of church planning, we, we had the highest average ever. That was shattered by the launches this fall where we had almost 400 people at wow. those nine launches. So it was amazing to see what God has done. And in 2020 uh, alone, uh, over 11,700 people gave their life to Christ on the launch day, first day only. That's so amazing. That's so good. Gosh. Um, when you look back over this, this year, like as an organization, what do you think uh, will be your, your favorite memory or what, what are the stories you're going to tell of 2020? You know, the local church is a machine. Um, there's a scripture out of Isaiah that says, behold, God is doing a new thing. He's creating a new path in the wilderness and putting new streams in the desert. And I think we were all in a rhythm. We we're used to life. The American church was, was fired up and ready to roll. And then everything changed. But the church found another way. Behold, God did an amazing thing. Uh, I saw yeah. Church leaders like you and Kristen just pivot. Be so flexible. Church uh, congregations like Elevate just say, you know what? The, the, the circumstances around us are not going to change our mission in life, which is to reach people for Christ. And I saw amazing new paths created and new streams in the desert uh, created as well. And to me, that is what 2020 uh, is going to be remembered for. Uh, the best, some of the best days for the, for the church. Yeah, I believe that, man. And I, and I love you guys so much and I appreciate, you know, all that you've done for us 
even I think once you're a church planner, you're always a church planner. And so man, we're, we're for you. And, you know, we're, we're in this together, whether you like it or not. Well, we love you and I love your biceps. And one day I want to be able to um, bench press enough to have that, the, those same type of muscles, man. That gun shows up pretty. pretty hey, <laughs> Hey, man, appreciate it, Mark Cleary. Thanks, my friend. I love y'all. All right, God bless you. You too. Hey, man, so much great stuff happening through ARC because of your generosity. In fact, check out these, these numbers of ARC church plants just this year. There were 35 church plants, and on launch day, attendance of those 35, 11,776 people showed up to the very first day. And then on that day, there were 523 salvations. How about that number? In fact, 24 churches also were planted online. I don't ever want you to forget that you are a part of that. All those numbers you have made possible through your generosity. In fact, we have the privilege of, of personally helping to coach church planters through ARC, mainly around the northeastern U.S., but right now, check this out. We're coaching this guy, Samuel Brum, and he's planting a church called Rev Church in Rio de Janeiro on March 20th of this coming year. It's amazing. That's a lane that we're running in our nation and helping to plant life-giving churches, and also a part of that lane is our ability to respond to disasters that happen right here at home. And no other organization has made an impact in bringing hope to our nation during this pandemic like Convoy of Hope. Get ready for this. Convoy has distributed through local churches just like this one, and you are a part of this day, over 126 million meals. How amazing is that? And they've also distributed these, these uh, disaster relief kits and Elevate, you are a part of bringing 103 of those kits to help in hurricanes and wildfires. Like, like it's amazing what you've been able to do. Of course, I sat down with a man who is no stranger to this church or this city, Pastor Jack Reisner, to talk about the impact that Convoy is having in 2020. Hello, Pastor Jack. Man, it's definitely great to see you, and thank you so much for taking a few moments just to chat with me. And really, uh, you're chatting with the entire Elevate Church family today. Um, so thank you for that. I know this year has been uh, a bear, I guess we could say, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I know this season has personally kicked my butt in a lot of ways, but let me just first say that you're looking good. Man, you're feeling, look like you're feeling good. Looks like everything's going well. Uh, yeah. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Actually, you know, uh, through this whole thing, through the whole year, 2020, uh, we ran through, uh, Pam had um, diagnosed with cancer and we walked through that and she's doing great. And then after that, we got hit with COVID and and like you, we, we, we went down with it, but um, all is good and uh, great stuff's happening with Convoy of Hope. We haven't, we haven't slowed down a bit. Yeah, you guys are cruising right along and I know you serve with an incredible organization as one of our strategic partners, uh, Convoy of Hope, like you mentioned. And if anybody's been around Elevate Church for any amount of time, they've heard us talk about Convoy of Hope. And Convoy does so many great things around the world. In fact, we could talk all day about all the different areas uh, that you guys focus on. Um, but I want to specifically talk about our nation and the efforts that you've done this year. Is it fair to say that this has been one of the most challenging uh, probably most stretching years that you've ever seen right here in the U.S. 
And can you speak to the incredible uh, enormity of the work that you guys have done right here? You know, it, it's been amazing. Um, in March, when COVID really hit this nation, Hal Donaldson grabbed the team and said, hey, we're going to do something. And what we're not going to do is close down. So we're going to continue feeding 300,000 kids overseas and empower women and do agriculture. And then domestically, we're going to shut down, not shut down, postpone what we normally do. And we're going to just start filling up trucks with food and supplies and get them to churches who have compassion for the community. And we'll keep doing this until until we run out of stuff. And it was it was tough during those times because the supply chains were shutting down. People were rushing the stores and buying everything that, you know, some of you bought 450 pounds of toilet paper. You know, it just, it was, everything was gone. And so we started buying stuff and God kept supplying. And, and Hal said, we're going to just keep going until we don't have anything left. And, and so he said, our goal is to feed 10 million, send out 10 million meals. Right. And um, that was in March. And as of a couple of weeks ago, we're now at 150 million meals. And, and you guys are part of that. That's yeah, you guys distributed. You guys, you guys have generously given. So that's what made it all possible. And we're, we're going to keep going. Wow. That is unbelievable. Not, and this hasn't just been your efforts in feeding people. I mean, talk about the disasters that we've oh, had oh. Right here in the U.S. It's well, in the U.S., we've had to deal with, um, obviously, the, fire, the fires in Washington and California and in Oregon. So I, I, we've, we've served 71,000 people in those communities with about 40 truckloads of food, water, emergency supplies, and all through the local church. We bring it to the local church, and they get it out to the people. Yeah. So those storms, and then, then Hurricane Laura in Lake Charles. Uh, just they were hit straight on. So we've just delivered about 200, uh, 2.4 million pounds of food and supplies and helped 135,000 survivors. And again, you guys were there because you have made it possible for us. When, when the hurricanes are coming, we are downstaged, ready to go. And as soon as we can get in, we get in. And we can only do that because of a generosity like yours. Yeah, I love, I love the fact that your heart really is for the local church. And a lot of what you do is through your partnerships with the local church and getting people connected to life-giving churches. I love that about Convoy. Um, obviously, we did not see, you know, 2020 coming. I think people had great, you know, great ideas for what this year would hold. And while it was a surprise to us, it was no surprise to God. I wonder if you could share with me uh, what's kind of the most surprising thing this come out of this year, or even a just a, a great story, uh, something that's memorable. Well, you know, uh, Kobe, there is this there's this uh, passage in the scripture where Jesus says to the disciples, "Hey, we got five thousand families out here that have been listening to my teaching all day long. They need to be fed." And he says, "Go feed them." And they say, "Well, we, we got nothing." And he said, "We got this kid with lunch." So Jesus took the kid's lunch multiplied it, fed the families, had 12 baskets full. And I have this theory that those 12 baskets full of food went back to the kid because there's a principle there that when you see someone in need and you give what you have as little as it can be, God not only multiplies it, he stretches your assumed capacity so that by the end of that, you actually have more to give to more people after you've already done what you've just done. And so that's proven out through this for convoy, we have not missed a beat. People have given generously. And as we've given out everything we've had, more has come in. And, and we've talked to local churches. It's the same thing for them. So there is that principle. So we recognize that. And then, and then secondly, 
it's it's the miracles that we've seen happen. And and by miracle, I mean um, where where people have expectations and 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 they're in despair. And despair means where you don't believe that t- uh, tomorrow will be any better than today. Yeah. And suddenly something shows up and says, "No, God's here and He's helping you." So it's it's the mother in 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 a serpentine line waiting to get food at a church, and she's interviewed by the local TV station, and they asked her what she's doing. She said, yesterday we ran out of food. We have nothing. And she said, we heard this church was giving stuff away. And then she began to cry. She has her kids in the back of the car saying, I can't believe this, but look at all we got. We didn't expect this. It was going to happen. Right. See, miracles are, are defying expectations. So then there's, there's the guy in Houston, Texas, who delivers the food and brings it to a, a front door. And there's a, a single mom and her preschool child. And they're standing there and, and the kid says to the mother, he can hear him talking. He says, uh, who is that man? And, uh, and she says, well, honey, that's a superhero. Hmm. And the kid's just pumped. It's a superhero. He said, what did he bring us? She said, everything we prayed for this morning. Wow. Again, wow. defying expectations. And, and then there's this, this, um, this food pantry in Teaneck, New York, uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, which uh, really got hit hard by COVID because a lot of them are medical workers. And so they, the COVID just spread to that community. And so there was a lot of demand on the, 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 uh, the, the people dealing with distribution of food. And so this, this food closet, this food pantry was running out of food. And as they ran out of food, the founder, a wonderful woman, the founder contracted COVID and died. And so it was ready to shut down. And, and those who were trying to run it said, we prayed that God would send an angel. And she said, it came in the form of a, a, a convoy truck. And she said, it brought the stuff back to us. And, and we, we, we not only got the food, but we got hope back. And so that, that food pantry continues to serve even today. Wow. So, and, and this isn't local, but I got to tell you this thing. God stretches us in these moments, as you've discovered, and, and begins to give you opportunities. Never waste a good crisis because yeah. you're going to find an opportunity. Yeah. And so in Spain, when, when everything closed down in Spain and they put shelter in place laws, the sex trafficking business there said, well, we can't feed these people we brought in to work for us. Uh, so they took these illegal refugees that they brought in illegally and, and put them out on the streets. The church saw it, organizations other than the church saw it, and they got a hold of convoy. And together, we have now fed and are training uh, a new vocation and taking them through 10 weeks of discipleship course, 80,000 women who once were sex traffickers are being changed by Jesus, even right now at this moment. So those are the things that have been happening. Yeah, that is so amazing. And what you guys are bringing hope. I mean, I know it's in the name, but that's the reality of it. Everywhere you guys go, you're bringing hope. And I love that. And we love you guys so much. I just want you to know that. We love the fact that you're an Erie native too. Yeah, yeah. Connect with you. Uh, And just love all the work that you guys are doing through Convoy. So, hey, thank you so much, Pastor Jack, for jumping on and chatting with us. You bet. And I just want to say that that really when you say you guys give hope, it's us because this doesn't work without partnership. And right. so you guys have been tremendous partners and, and we love what you're doing. And I love what you're doing in Erie. So keep doing that stuff and let's keep connecting and see what else we can do together as God stretches our capacity. Love it. Hey man, we're going to see you soon. Thanks bud. Talk to you later. God bless. That's incredible. The way Convoy has been such a huge help in this season. The last lane that we run in is our lane for global impact. 
Of course, we partner with Convoy and have taken missions trips with Convoy to help build facilities in El Salvador and and support their efforts to empower women and feed children all over the world. They also distributed 24 million meals in 31 countries in this season, and they feed, check this out, 300,000 kids every single day. And they've had disasters to respond to as well. But we've also connected with an organization called Children's Cup. And they're doing amazing work through care points that they've established in remote parts of the world. Here's my good friend, Dan Olerking. Hey, so right now I have my good friend, Dan Olerking, uh, joining me. He's the executive director, I guess that's your title, of Children's Up, which is an incredible organization that their heart really beats, uh, I think, for children uh, who are brought up in some of the most remote and poorest places on Earth and a lot of what you do is through uh, what you call care points. Can you just quickly share, Dan, with the church? Like, what is a care point? Yeah, well, care point is like you guys have helped with Christmas parties at care points for a few years now, and these care points are—it's kind of what the word says. It's a point of care. It's uh, a place where the kids are able to come, usually positioned near a school, so they hit it on the way home from school, and starts off at a minimum. We're giving them meals. That's where we start with a new care point. It's the first thing we do is provide food. Some kids, that's the only meal they get that day. Uh, but we do so much more. We try to take care of the kid's body, mind, and spirit. So body, obviously food. We do medical checkups on them, get them to a clinic if they need help. Um, and then mind, we're helping them with after-school support. We're helping them learn how to read. We're helping them. Some, some of the care points have libraries in them. We're able to uh, help the kids in their mental development. And then spirit, Everything we do, we believe, has to be part of a local church. Got, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to come build my, my nonprofit. He said, I'm going to build my church. So we're here to support the church right. here in the U.S. and also over, overseas. And so those kids need a, a church, a life-giving church to grow up in. And so we're teaching them. We use uh, One Hope curriculum. We teach those kids about Jesus all the way through. But as they get older, what we want to see them do is we want to give them hope. At the care point, they come, they find hope. It looks like food sometimes, but they, they're always covered in Jesus. Uh, we want to inspire them to dream. A lot of these kids never don't have a dream of the future, but we inspire them to dream, and we want to see them change their world from the inside out. Yeah. They can do stuff we can't ever do, but as these kids grow up, they're going to change their world so their kids don't have the same situation they're in. That's all what a care point looks like as it goes on. And you mentioned, you know, the Christmas at the care points. Like, what does that look like? And what? how many kids are you helping generally on average if you can? And, and what types of things yeah. happen at those Christmas parties? So there's, there's anywhere from 80 to 200, 250 kids at a care point. We've got about 56 care points in six different countries. Uh, but altogether, it's about 10,000 kids that we're feeding all the time. Wow. Uh, they are, uh, there's Christmas typically would be in a non-COVID world or a pre-COVID world. It was a big party. In Africa, where you guys' help has been going, uh, it's usually it's summertime at Christmas. So they're uh, in the Southern Africa. And so it'd be a big party. We just get slipping slides out and jumping castles and kids are piled on top of each other. We always would throw soap in the water because that's a good opportunity to get some baths that they don't normally get, you know? So it's a big fun time, but COVID-19 kind of put a cramp on that idea. So what we did uh, this year, we're doing this year right now, we're still distributing. We're taking Christmas in a box to these families. So instead of just serving the kids with a great day, and we teach them about Jesus at these Christmas parties, this time we're taking Christmas in a box. So it's hygiene items, it's groceries, it's a personal Christmas card written to those families. Um, it's uh, festive items for them and scripture 
and then yeah, all in a container that becomes valuable to them as well. Taking it to them and doing the old school church kind of thing. Go knock on a door and visit them and go sit with the family. You know, maybe across a fence or whatever. Our teams are praying with these families. So we're not just serving the kids this Christmas. We're going to serve the whole household. And it's been amazing. Uh, just the opportunity to get in their world. So instead of it being such a setback because we couldn't do the big party this year, that challenge has turned into something even greater where we're able to minister to so many more people. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the, the challenges that you've had to face this year you know, with the pandemic and how you've had to make some adjustments, how else uh, in, in a, an environment that's already hard, right, to do ministry, how else have you had to adjust in 2020? Well, like the care points, we haven't been able to have them open the whole time. Sometimes we've been open back up and they've had to close them back down, just like you guys at churches. It's it's the same kind of thing. It's at a different scale. And when you're li- dealing with uh, poverty countries where there's, there's so much less to work with, there, it's just a bigger challenge and everything gets harder. And that's true pre-COVID. It's true even more in COVID. Uh, and so the challenge has been the kids typically not being able to come to the care point. So we've had to do the DoorDash kind of flow. We're, we're doing Uber Eats and we're delivering food to these kids at their homes or setting up to have the kids come and work through some kind of line. They can pick up their food and take it home. Wow. Uh, but all, all told, the challenge has been great. But every bit of that challenge has just made us just like you guys as a church, you've had to change how you do things. You find, Oh, there's another opportunity for ministry. We hadn't had before we had to make that change. And so, you know, I look back, I'm like, our team, we've talked about it. Our word going into this year was forward. We thought it meant we're going to grow add care points. What God was talking about was, Hey, you're going to move forward in how you're serving these kids. It really has been a year of moving forward for us. We've seen so God do so many things we never imagined he would in reaching these kids and seeing this is the big key we're seeing some of the kids who've grown up in these care points young adults in in honduras there was a group of young adults or young youth it's like a youth group at a church but they'd grown up in the care point some of them still hadn't aged out yet so they're still part of it uh they decided hey we're going to go help because the hurricanes came through there and there was mudslides there's one old lady that she's just grumpy just grumpy grumpy old lady and and had pushed all of her family out of her circle of of life. And she was just, she was just there existing grumpy. Well, these young people decided, Hey, we're going to go clean up her house. Cause a mudslide had pushed a bunch of mud, about, about a foot of mud into her home. They said, Hey, let's go clean up her home. She's in tears. They, these kids had learned enough about Jesus that they said, you know what? That's, that's, we got to give, we got to do something extravagant to help this lady. And her life has changed today because of those kids. And I'm like, that's what we're talking about. These kids changing the world from the inside out. That's when it starts happening. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for hurricanes and tragedies and, and all this stuff. But you know what? God's doing Romans eight twenty eight for real. People rising, rising to the occasion. And it's been a year yeah. where there's been, you know, it's marked by a lot of bad things that have happened. What's what other things have surprised you maybe about this season, something that's happened that you'll just never forget. Well, I think, one of the things has been, the, and this has been a pleasant surprise, it has just been the way our, our leadership on the ground has risen to the occasion. So in Southern Africa, again, where you guys' focus is with us, um, we've had missionaries on the ground. And during COVID-19, there was a point where they said, hey, all the missionaries need to get back to their home, home countries. So it evacuated the leadership, basically vacated from, uh, from Southern Africa. And the local leaders, the staff that's there, they have risen to the occasion so much. Their ideas, like this whole thing of delivering Christmas to homes, that was their idea. 
their ideas for what to put in those, their ideas for how to work around the problems. They have risen and they've carried this forward. Our, our leaders from Southern Africa have been back in their home country for several months now and everything is clicking along great. Now they're still leading through calls and stuff like that, but that, those local leaders, man, those young people, most of them are young people. we got some older grandmas working on the team too, but they have really risen and their, their heart for ministry has shown where when they're, you know, you know, this as a leader, sometimes when, when there's a strong leader in front, everybody working along, it's a good team. Great. But when that leader moves on to some other role or to another place, that vacuum of leadership, somebody steps in there. You're like, man, where have you been? Yeah. They've been hiding behind another leader. And so some, some people now they're stepping up and they're stepping into a leadership role that it just multiplies the impact the king on the kingdom. And so it, that's been a surprise for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say it's a surprise because I should have been praying for it and hoping for it, but I just watched it happen. It's amazing. Well, that's great. You guys are doing some amazing things. And I want you to know that we love you. We support you for sure. I think we're in this with you for a, a while, but I can't let you go without acknowledging that sweet beanie that you got on. Oh, you like this? I like, like this. That. I don't know what the EC stands for. I have no idea, but no. That's it, bro. <laughs> it's great. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I was worried it wouldn't fit my big head because COVID-19, <laughs> I put on pounds, lots of pounds. Uh, and hey, thank you guys. You guys have been a blessing for a long time and in and, and, and so many ways. And what you do as a church, I'll say this to you, Pastor Colby, what you do is something I love to share the story of a pastor who's you obeyed God to start a church. You're crazy, but you stuck with it and you've, you're still there. Your greatest testimony is that you're still there and you're, there are people going to heaven because you and your wife decided we're going to start a church. We're going to obey, obey God to start a church. And there are people going to heaven from Erie, people going to heaven from all over Pennsylvania, from all over the U S you've had influence on other pastors. You guys at that church, you may not know, but your pastor has influenced other pastors to keep going. And your influence, the impact, when we get to heaven, it's going to be amazing because you're going to be kids from Swaziland or Eswatini, kids from Southern Africa, kids from places where you've worked with Convoy of Hope and they've helped in a, in a crisis. There are going to be kids, people that will be there. You had no idea you affected them, but they're in heaven. They're going to come say, hey, thanks for doing that. You're like, who are you? And then you get to sit down and tell the story. That's what I think heaven's going to be full of. Eternity to be full of getting to hear the stories of how people got there. It's going to be fun. and So thank you, guys. Thanks for partnering with us. It's amazing. I love you, man. Thank you, guys, too. Appreciate you. So that's Dan King. Come on, what, what a guy. And that is our, our lane four, global impact. And so let me recap. These are the four lanes that we are, are running in. Number one is our future expansion. And that's our, our heart, to reach more and more lost people right here where we are. Lane two, Fort Erie, about serving this city. Lane three, our nation, you know, being able to plant life-giving churches in our nation. Lane four is our, our global impact. And listen, today, it's all about advancing in these lanes. That's the giving opportunity that we have in front of us. This year alone, we've given so far, look at this number, $656,305.84 toward these lanes. Man, that's amazing. We've been able to do that through your generosity. And in 2021, here's our goal. We're gonna give a million. Like we're gonna give a million dollars into advancing what God is doing through this church in those four lanes. And in just a few moments, here's what's gonna happen. The band's gonna come back and lead us virtually in another song, and we're gonna worship. We're not gonna just worship in singing because here's what I know, you probably don't sing at home unless no one is listening. But more importantly, 
We're gonna worship with our giving because this is truly an act of worship. Let me give you a little context to this moment that we're about to engage in together. In John chapter 12, it's really a pretty familiar story. But Jesus is with Mary and Martha and Lazarus and and some other people. And, And Lazarus, if you remember, is the one that Jesus raised from the dead. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they were all great friends, even before he did the whole miracle thing, because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I'd be Jesus's friend too if he raised my brother from the dead. Or maybe some of you are thinking if he raised my brother from the dead, I wouldn't be his friend. Those are some family dysfunctional issues that that you just gotta work out, I don't know. But they were all good friends. And so in chapter 12, verse one, this is what it says, that six days, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus arrived in Bethany at the home of Lazarus. It says the man who he had raised from the dead and a dinner was prepared in his honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those. So there were more people there who ate with him. And then Mary took a a 12 ounce jar of an expensive perfume made from the essence of nard and she anointed Jesus's feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And it says this, that the house was filled with this fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple, who would soon betray him, right, he objected to this whole thing. And it says that that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the, the poor, right? A year's worth of wages, that's an expensive bottle of perfume. Verse six says, not that he cared for the poor because he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. But look at what Jesus replied. He said, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. He says, you will always have the poor among you, but you're not always gonna have me. And verse nine says, when all the people heard of Jesus's arrival, they flocked to see him. And also to see Lazarus, the man that Jesus raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus. It says two, which means they had already made plans to kill Jesus. Verse 11 says, For it was because of him that many people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. In other words, many Jews were putting their faith now in Jesus as a result of what happened to Lazarus. And I've always thought that this was an interesting story in the sense that someone would take a year's wages worth of perfume. First of all, that someone would buy a bottle of perfume that cost a year's wage. Like, I I guess I understand an expensive bottle of perfume, but a year's wage? Like, what a valuable thing to have. And so Mary brings this out, and she decides to to pour it, break it open, pour it at the feet of Jesus. Now, now to us, that seems strange, right? Like, it'd be strange if uh, for you to be at Christmas dinner and someone come over and pull off your shoes and start pouring perfume on your feet. Now, in full disclosure, my wife would love someone to do that to my boy's feet, because Dang, they smell. But come on, that would seem weird for us. However, in this culture, in this context, it would not have seemed strange for two reasons. One, whenever someone was being buried, they would anoint them with nard perfume for the burial. And this was a foreshadowing. And the Bible even says that, that Jesus would die and give his life for us on the cross. But, but secondly, there would typically be someone responsible to wash the feet of guests that were entering the house because they didn't have closed-toed shoes back then. They didn't have any, any Jordans or Yeezys, right? They just wore sandals or, or went barefoot. And so they brought in all kinds of dirt and filth with them. 
and they're walking on these dirty roads and sandals, but not just dirty roads, but the only alternate means of, of transportation were animals. And so animals would leave gifts right in the middle of the road for everyone to walk over. So in this setting, it doesn't seem so weird that someone would wash your feet. And this is what Mary is doing. But why the extravagance, Mary? And well, we need to jump back to, to chapter 11 to really understand what's happening in this moment because in John chapter 11, we find the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And the Bible tells us that Lazarus had, had died. In fact, it says he'd been dead for four days. And the reason scripture lets us know it's four days is because the people of that day, they believed that the spirit of a man remained in him for, for three days. So God is letting us know through his word, not only is Lazarus dead, but he's dead, dead. Like he's not just dead, he's not just done breathing, he's, he's dead, dead within the cultural context of this day. So that when he comes back to life, there's no question and everyone knows it's a, a miracle. No one can say, well, his spirit was still in him for, for three days and that's why he came out of the tomb. No, Jesus waited four days. As a matter of fact, when Jesus first found out Lazarus is sick, you know, and he was told, hey, come quick, you know, Lazarus is sick, Jesus said, I'm gonna wait right here. He intentionally waited for four days. This isn't a part of the message, but can I tell you something? There are some things in your life that don't just need to be dead, they need to be four days dead. So that when Jesus shows up and brings them back to life, you'll know it was him working and not just your ingenuity, not just your logic, not just your good luck, but it was the miracle working power of God. Are you getting this right now? Hey, just because God isn't moving according to your timetable doesn't mean he isn't moving in your life. But Lazarus had been dead now for four days and Jesus finally shows up. Martha runs out to meet him and says, if you'd have only been here, Lazarus wouldn't be dead, and, and Jesus asks, hey, where's Mary? And Martha goes and grabs Mary, and Mary comes out, and in John chapter 11, verse 32, it says this, when Mary arrived, she fell at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not be dead right now. And Jesus had, had just kind of finished telling Martha a few verses earlier, hey, don't you know that I'm the resurrection, I'm the life, anyone who believes in me is gonna live forever, even after dying. And in this moment of, if you would have only been here, Jesus, why didn't you show up? It's almost as if Jesus doesn't even acknowledge Mary's pushback and he walks away from her and he simply goes, where is he? Where's Lazarus? And in verse 38, it says this, that Jesus goes to the tomb and says, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha was like, he's been dead for four days. And so everyone's going, yeah, yeah, that's not a great idea. Like he's gonna stink up the place. And in fact, here's what they said. The smell will be terrible. They roll it away though. And it says Jesus shouted in verse 43, Lazarus, come out. And the Bible says that the dead man came out, that his hands and feet were bound in grave clothes. His face was wrapped in a, a head cloth. So he's literally bound and he's coming out like a, a mummy. I heard a preacher say that, that Jesus said, Lazarus come out, because if he just said, come out, every man in that area would have got up out of the grave. But he said, Lazarus come out. And then Jesus commanded them, check this out, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him 
and let him go. In other words, unwrap him so that he can move around, so that he can walk around. Unwrap him so we can have a relationship with one another. We can hang out. Jesus is like, because I got a dinner that I'm about to go to at his house. And I would propose to us today that as we think about this gift that we're bringing to God today, because you're not, you're not giving to Elevate Church. You're giving through Elevate Church to God. But I propose that this gift that we're bringing today should be understood in the context of this, that you and I, we were just like Lazarus. That you and I were in the same place that Lazarus was, that all of us who have placed our faith in Jesus, we were at a place in our life where we were dead. And we weren't just dead, like we were dead, dead. And Jesus came along one day to the dead place in our life and he called us out of the grave and back to life. And the Bible says that in Jesus, not only do we have life, but we can have life more abundantly. And so I want you to understand today, let this sink deep down into your soul, that you were not a bad person trying to become a better person. You were not just making a, a, a bad choices and, and wanting Jesus to help you make better choices. You were not just a, in a bad spot and Jesus brought you to a good spot. No, the Bible says that you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins, that you were without any hope without a solution, bound in your sin with no way out, but Jesus walked by the grave of your life one day, got angry at that sin, wept for you, and called your name and said, Colby, it's time to come out. Not only did he bring you back to life, but he also said, get this, unwrap him. Like, unwrap Colby, let him go. So he can walk in freedom, released from what was keeping him bound, because I wanna have a relationship with Colby, because whom the sun sets free, come on, is free indeed. So it makes sense now. In fact, it makes perfect sense why Mary would bring the most expensive gift that she had to the feet of Jesus. Can you imagine this, this overwhelming emotion that they had when, when Jesus called their brother back to life. I mean, they went from despair to unexplainable joy. They went from hopelessness to a, to a hope that you can't even put into words. Now, I don't know what Mary had been saving this bottle of perfume for. Perhaps it was for her own wedding day. I don't know. But, but what I do know is that that day Jesus walked into the house. And in light of what he had done for her, she went back and said, I'm gonna find the very best gift that I can possibly find. I'm gonna find the most expensive thing that I possibly can, and I'm gonna pour it out at his feet. And it might seem crazy to everyone around me, everyone who's here in this house. It might seem weird to everybody here, but I'm gonna fall at his feet, and I'm gonna lower myself to the place of a servant, and I'm gonna pour out my best gift on the master because he's given me everything. And I could never pay him back, so I'm gonna at least give him the best that I have. I could never pay him back for all that he's done, for every time he rescued me when I called on his name, for every bit of breath that I have in my lungs, for the roof I have over my head, for the bed that I slept in last night. I could never pay him back because everything that I have is from him, but I can bring him my very best gift that I have. And the Bible says that she poured it out on his feet. She broke it open, poured it out, and immediately it said the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. It filled the room. 
with fragrance. You missed it. You missed it. Yesterday, they were rolling the stone away, complaining about how terrible the smell would be coming off the dead man. And now it says a fresh fragrance, a, a perfume filled the entire house. Just previously, the smell will be terrible. Now the house will be filled with fragrance. The smell will be terrible, now the house is filled with fragrance. The smell will be terrible, now it's filled with, with fragrance. Isn't that interesting that yesterday the smell was awful and today a fresh fragrance fills the air? Can I tell you something? Only Jesus can take something that was dying and rotting in your life one day and the next day cause your life to be a breath of fresh air because Jesus doesn't just make you alive and give you a hope. He transforms your life to the point where your life now fills the spaces in your house. It fills the spaces in your school and in your city with a fragrance that is undeniable. Come on, somebody, get excited right now online. Like maybe, maybe that's why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 2, 15, he says, our lives are a, come on, what does this say? A Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing, who are dead. He says, but to those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death. It was terrible smell one day, a fresh fragrance the next day. We are a dreadful smell of death and doom, but to those who are being saved, what does it say? We are a life-giving perfume. You know what that means? That means this city should smell differently because of Christ in you. That means your homes should smell differently. Your workplaces, your schools, they should smell differently. There should be something sweet about the atmosphere because you are alive in Christ and Christ Jesus is alive in you. I love that. And then what happens after she breaks it open and dumps it out on Jesus' feet, immediately Judas Iscariot says, what a waste. And what a waste. We could have given that to the poor. But his objection, by the way, was evil because his heart was evil. I mean, he wrapped it with good intentions, but Jesus had a corrupt CFO on his team. And, and let me tell you something, good intentions never get it done anyway. His intention wasn't to give to the poor. His intention was to, to rob the money bag for himself. Good intentions don't get it done. It's action, not intention that exercises your faith. Your action today, by the way, in giving is what exercises your faith. Not your intentions to give, but your actions in doing it. But what Jesus didn't understand and perhaps what the people in your life don't understand, because I bet there are some voices in your life. Maybe there's some people around you today that when you talk about, all right, being generous toward the things of God and, and giving to the, the legacy lanes and, and advancing what God wants to do in this city, that they look at you and they think, man, that's crazy. Or maybe even this week as you've wrestled through what you would bring today, there's a voice inside of your own mind going, what are you thinking? You're gonna give like that? You're gonna sacrifice like that? But what Judas didn't understand and what the voices around you don't understand or even what the internal dialogue in your mind doesn't understand is that what Mary did, don't miss this, it wasn't wasteful, it was worship. It wasn't wasteful, it was worship. It wasn't a waste. As you bring your, your best gift today, here's what I want you to know. 
is never a waste when it's worship. See, Mary brought the best that she had. And can I tell you something? It, it probably wasn't the best that anybody had, but it was the very best that she had. And because she brought the best that she had, it wasn't a waste. It was worship. It, it was a gift that was worthy of a king, of someone who was gonna go to the cross and be a sacrifice for, for her sins. I have one question for you today. As we prepare to, to give online and engage in this act of worship, does your gift, does it represent a gift worthy of the king that you're bringing it to? Because worship is really, is worth-ship. Like worship is demonstrating the worth of, of the one thing, of the, the, the thing that you are worshiping. And isn't that what Mary was saying to Jesus? Like this gift I'm bringing, I could, I could never pay you back for all that you've done for me, but I want to ascribe worth to you, Jesus. And the best way that I know how is to show you that you're worth it. And to, to show you by bringing the very best that, that I have. So is your gift today, is it a reflection of what Jesus is worth to you? Does it represent his, his worth, the value that he has in your, your life? Mary brought the very best that she had. It was a bottle of perfume worth an entire year's wage. And here's the thing that's interesting to me. Mary wasn't the only one there. She wasn't the only one with the opportunity to, to do what she, she did. In fact, I'll read it for you again. In verse one, it says, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany at the home of Lazarus, the man he raised from the dead. Look at this, a dinner was prepared. In his honor, Martha served. Lazarus was among those. There were others there. We don't know who was there. But we do know there was a group of people there at the table with Jesus. We don't know their names. We don't know anything about them. Here's what we do know. They had the opportunity to worship. But instead, they got caught watching. They had the opportunity to worship, but instead they spent their time watching someone else worship. Can I encourage you? Don't watch today, but worship. Listen, I know it's easy in an online-only season to, to withdraw from an opportunity like this, but don't get caught watching. Like, make sure you're a part of worship because as a result of this act of worship, the Bible went on to say that many people came to put their faith in Jesus because what had happened. And isn't that really what happens here at this church, that, that people's lives are changed, that they move from, from death to life, that God calls them out of the grave. And when he does that, you worship. And that worship now fills the air with life-giving fragrance that draws more people to Jesus and, and their lives are changed and they move from death to life. And, and so we worship and that fills the air with more fragrance and it draws people to Jesus and people's lives are changed and people move from death to life and we worship again and that worship fills the air with a fresh fragrance and that draws more and more people to Jesus. Isn't that at the end of the day what this is all about? 
And I hope that you never get it in your head that this is about brick or mortar, but it's about people far from God coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's our prayer today that as a result of this act of worship, that your, your worship today would result in future expansion of this church, that would, would advance God's work through this church so that people will encounter God's presence in their lives will be changed forever. Listen, I want you to consider something today. Mary, she brought her very best. Like, I don't know what that looked like. I don't know what size the perfume bottle was for a, a year's worth of wages. I'm hoping that it was something like this, that it was like a, a big bucket, you know, a big, a big gallon kind of jar, like, like you could take a bath in it. I, I don't know what size that it was. I don't know if it was like this. I, I don't know if maybe it was like this. But here's what we do know, is that she brought her very best. And here's what I wanna challenge you today is that, that it doesn't matter the size of, of Mary's bottle. What matters is that she gave her very best. And for some of you, this is the size of your bottle. It's, it's small, this is your, the size of your capacity. But again, let me remind you, it's not about capacity, it's about, it's about your heart but you're giving your very best. And for others of you, God's blessed you in different ways. And this is the size of your capacity. And so what I wanna challenge you is with this. If, if this is your capacity, could I be so bold to say, don't bring this kind of gift because it's probably not your best gift. But if this is your capacity, like it would be foolishness to try to bring this kind of gift. Are you with me? Because here's what I believe. If we will just bring our very best today, we will continue to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives changed forever by the gospel, resulting in your act of worship today. So here's what we're going to do. The band is going to lead us in another song right now. And I know that we're online watching, but I think it would be fitting in this moment, no matter where you are, to maybe make this the moment that you give. And again, I know it looks differently this year. In the past, we've, we've brought our, our Until Jesus Runs This Town offering forward. And this year, let's bring them together online. And for some of you, maybe your, your commitment in this season is just to start tithing. You haven't taken that step. Your finances aren't in, in God's order. Can I encourage you? Just start there. Like go online right now and set up, set up your tithe and, and do it recurring to automate the importance that's in your life. For others of you, you practice tithing. You know the blessings and the benefit of that. You're obedient in that area. And this is an opportunity for you to go above and beyond, to give your, your very best and there's a few different ways we can do that right now. Electronically, you can, of course, go to elevatechurch.com forward slash advance. And everything that comes in this weekend is gonna go towards advancing what God wants to do in and through this church in the coming year. You can text 
a dollar amount, followed by the, pass, the, the word advance to 84321. You can do it through check, you know, straight through the mail, or you can give through the app. And all those ways are available for you to give. And you can be a part of this moment with the rest of our church, no matter where you are around the world, right now, as we worship together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for faith to rise up in this house and in our hearts. God, we believe for, for greater things today. God, we believe that as you work through this worship, this act of worship and our sacrifice, that, that lives are gonna be changed forever, that heaven is rejoicing. And God, that you're gonna do unbelievable things through us and through this church here in this city and beyond. God, thank you that your word tells us that what we make happen for others, God, you make happen for us, that as we give, you'll give back to us, pressed down, shaken, running over. So right now, increase our faith through action, not intention, through the action, the act of giving and worshiping so that you can accomplish great things through our sacrifice, great things in our life, but even better, great things in our city, making an internal difference for so many in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations, welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.